caution. This podcast contains adult language, sexual themes, and depictions of violence that some may find triggering. This podcast and its hosts are not responsible for the accuracy of the material presented, as it is strictly based on our own limited research and personal opinions. The information presented is not to be confused with actual investigative files pertaining to the cases or official court and or law enforcement records and transcripts. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. We're here with Bitch I Can't, guys. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving holiday. If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you had a great regular, regular Thursday and that your Thursday went well. It is Friday, technically Black Friday. I bought a vacuum today um, from Target. It wasn't even like, I, I didn't realize it was Black Friday. I just needed a new vacuum. <laughs> uh, so I just went to Target and then I found one and it was like $100 off. So I'm excited about that, thought I'd share. But guys, uh, today's show is going to be a lot. It, I'm going to try to be a little less gruesome with the shows leading up to Christmas because I want everyone to have like a, a happy, cute, fun, you know, uh, holiday season because, you know, as soon as Thanksgiving ends, it's like time to dust off Mariah Carey, bring her out. It is time. It is, it's Christmas time. So I want to keep things a little lighter. So I'm going to, you know, look into dif- the different stories I'm going to do uh, for these weeks leading up to Christmas. Today's story isn't necessarily gruesome, but it's fucking gross. So guys, sit back relax and let's dive into this shit because i have wanted to tell this story i've had this bookmarked for about nine months y'all so let's get into it What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. Now, we, it's been a minute since we've hopped in a DeLorean and gone all the way back in time. I know we've gone back and you know stopped in the 80s and the 90s and the 30s. We are going all the fuck way back, y'all, to the Elizabethan era, which this might be a first. Actually, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know, but possibly. So today's story occurs in the Elizabethan era, and if you don't know, that era was named after Queen Elizabeth I of England, and it spanned from 1558 to 1603. Now, this was about 50 years after the medieval era had ended, just so you guys have an idea of kind of where we're at in time. Uh, So this time period was one of significant cultural, political, and economic developments, a cultural flowering, exploration, and political intrigue, and it laid the foundation for many aspects of the modern world, which is adorable, but can we also not forget that around this time, the 1580s, which is right around when this story begins, the transatlantic slave trade was still in its early stages, and these European powers, including Portugal, Spain, England, and the Netherlands, who were actively involved in establishing colonies, were also exploiting the resources of the New World. So basically Europe is thriving But it's experiencing this colonial expansion all thanks to the exploitation of African labor. So you're fucking welcome. All right. I don't know. I just had to say that because I feel like sometimes history only shares one side, like the cute side of this era. But there are other eras that or other parts of this era that just were not very cute that in order to have a full spectrum, we got to take a picture of all of it. But anyways, now that I have, you know, laid this out, let's meet the protagonist of our story. Her name is Sister Virginia Maria. 
Now, Sister Virginia Maria was born Mariana de Leva y Marino in Milan, Italy, on December 4th of 1575 to her father, who was the Earl of Monza, and her mother, who was a wealthy noblewoman. Also, Mariana is a Sagittarius. Um, I was just recently warned about Sagittariuses from my Scorpio friend, which I'm like, girl, y'all are not to be trusted either. But anyways, I digress. Well, Mariana's mother was the heir of Tommaso Marino, who was one of the wealthiest men in Milan. Her mother was also the widow of a rich-ass count, so her mother had money money. Her mother also had one son and four daughters from her previous marriage. Uh, You know, then that husband died, and the count, and then that's when she married Mariana's father. Now, Mariana's father, uh, Martino is his name, he inherited the county of Monza, and his family was also a notable, you know, lineage, but he didn't have as much money as Mariana's mother had. Like, between that inherited money from her father and her husband, she was fucking rich, 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 and had this massive fortune. Well, like I said, baby Mariana is born in 1575 on December 4th. By 1576, Mariana's mother had died died due to the plague, and at the age of only one years old, baby Mariana found herself in the middle of an intense-ass trial and legal dispute over her inheritance. Now, according to her mother's will, her mother intended to divide her possessions and her fortune equally between her first son from her first marriage uh, and baby Mariana which was going to leave nothing to her four daughters. Like, Mariana's, like, half-sisters, I think they're called, whatever they are. They have the same mom, different dad. The girls were getting, were not going to get shit. Everything was going to go to Mariana's uh, oldest half-brother from you know, the previous marriage and this baby, Mariana. Now, according to, um, like I said, to this will, they're splitting it this way, leaving nothing for the daughters. So, of course, you know, the four daughters are fucking pissed. And Mariana's dad... He's sitting there like, bitch, hold on. Martino's like, wait a damn minute, honey. Where's my money? Where's my money, honey? Like, you ain't giving everything to the baby and this boy. So this is when the four sisters and Mariana's dad, they contested the will. Well, in 1580, they finally came to a solution, and the will was going to be split 12 ways. Five to Mariana's dad and Mariana. And the other seven were going to the five previous children. So the four sisters four sisters, and the brother. Well, after her mother's death, Mariana lived with her horrible aunt. Because the dad was just like, I don't know how to be a fucking dad, and I'm a piece of shit. So I'm sending you to live with your aunt. So she lived with her aunt, who was a fucking bitch, uh, until 1588, when Mariana was 13 years old. And she hit puberty, and her aunt wanted her out of the house. She didn't want her to tempt her cousins with her blossoming body can you imagine your fucking bitch ass aunt is like oh no you got titties now you're gonna tempt my sons so i have to kick you out not tell my sons not to be fucking pervs or you know to just not be disgusting around your fucking cousin no i i need you to get out which is just fucking wild now mind you while this was all happening and she's living with the aunt uh, Mariana's dad had been out there spending the inheritance money and traveling to France and like fucking bitches and making it rain in the strip club. And the aunt was just like, fuck this shit. She's like, you know, this little heifer got to go. She's like, I'm not getting any money for her. Like she's got titties now. She's going to like tempt my sons. So she sends Mariana back to her dad and the dad is like, skirt, like no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to be a dad. Like I don't want her. 
Now, side note, because y'all know that back in the day um, when women got married, their family had to pay the groom's family a dowry. And now we have Mariana, who's 13, which is damn near marrying age back in the 1500s. So the dad is looking at this shit like, I don't want to be a dad. I don't want to raise a teenager. But also, this bitch is about to like be marrying age, which means I'm going to have to pay a dowry out of this massive fortune I have. And I'm not doing it. So to keep the money in his pocket, her dad pulls a full-on Jamie Spears, Britney Spears' dad, uh, pulls a full Jamie Spears on her and forces Mariana to go to the fucking monastery and become a nun at the age of 13. Crazy. The story is really giving me, like, Britney Spears vibes. Like, I have chills right now because her dad promised to leave her this inheritance um, with an accountant. Like, he sends her to the convent. He's like... I'm going to leave your inheritance to an accountant you're going to be taken care of. Well, let's talk about how the money never went to the accountant. The accountant never received any payment from her dad. So the dad literally took Mariana's money, put her in like a ye olden, basically a conservatorship is at this point is what it basically is. And then he goes off to go like fuck on medieval strippers or whatever and spend her money. Another side note, she never, ever saw her father after that day when he dropped her off at the convent. He said he would come back. He literally took her money and ran and put her in a fucking monastery because he knows, like, as a nun, like, you can't have any fucking possessions. But he was, you know, she's thinking, like, okay, well, you know, my fortune is with the, you know, this accountant. But the accountant's like, bitch, I have nothing for you. So if you decide, like, you don't want to be a nun no more or whatever, you run away, you leave, you would decide to get married, you don't have shit. So... By 1591, we have Mariana. She's 16 years old. She has accepted what is now her reality. She's like, I'm broke. I'm a fucking nun now. And I guess it's just because she grew up with such like a shitty um, early life that she just kind of started to like her her life, you know, and the at the monastery. And so at 16, she dedicates her life to Christ, and she took on her mother's name and became Sister Maria Virginia. And she went on to make a name for herself within the nun community and became a prominent figure in the monastery. She taught little children. Um, she made friends easy. She was described as modest, respectful, obedient, smart. Uh, so she's got a lot going for her, but, I mean, she's got a very limited scope of what you can do with, <laughs> with all those skills in the monastery. Um, now, in this monastery, there were there was, like, the windows, there was no fucking view, right? It was just you were typically in the darkness facing other another building. Well, one of the buildings that, you know, you could see out of the windows was this mansion next door that was owned by this ratchet, horny, young fuckboy who was just given all the frat boy douchebag energy. So this man, his name was Count Giovanni Paolo Osio. Uh, he used to, like, fuck with the nuns all day long because his window looked down over their courtyard where they used to, like, chill and kiki and stuff. So he would be fucking catcalling nuns, literally, like, just fucking with them, like, stressing them the fuck out. He'd be over there like, a hey, black robe, black robe, a hey, black robe, you know, trying to get their attention, just doing everything to, like, make it weird. But I think he just he just got off to that. He's, he's a fucking man, and, you know, men, we're disgusting. But anyways... It's 1597 by this point, and Mariana is now 22 years old when she finally officially crosses paths with Count Gio, who was like 25 years old. Now, the circumstances under which they ended up meeting, less than ideal. Less than ideal. 
Now, it's important to mention that everyone in Monza knew Mariana because her family was so powerful, and they actually made her a feudal lord of the city of Monza, or the county of Monza, so she's a feudal lord, which you guys know I had no idea what a fucking feudal lord is, so I googled it. Now, a feudal lord, also known as a lord of the manor, or simply a lord, was a central figure in the feudal system that dominated medieval Europe. Feudalism was a social, economic, and political system that organized society into hierarchical structures based on land ownership and obligations. And yes, the hierarchical word keeps fucking me up. A hierarchy. So feudal lords, they wore a lot of different hats. And one of the many roles that they played was uh, legal authority. So feudal lords had authority over the administration of justice within their, doma- within their domains. Uh, they presided over local courts and had the power to settle disputes among their subjects. So now this brings us back to the meeting of Mariana and Mr. Count Gio from next door, the ratchet fuckboy. So a scandal hits Monza when a tax agent who worked for Mariana's family comes up dead. So now everybody is shook because the main suspect is actually our boy next door, Count Gio. Now, the streets were talking, and everybody was like, hey, didn't Count Gio and that tax dude just get into an altercation, like, right before he died? And now, there was, like, no concrete evidence to, like, link Count Gio to this man's death, but the streets were talking. People were putting pieces together, and the general consensus amongst most of the townspeople was that Count Gio killed this fucking tax guy. So, Count Gio, he gets put on house arrest for the alleged crime, But his rich-ass family makes a few phone calls, or I guess back then they sent out a few different carrier pigeons, Uh, and our girl, Sister uh, Mariana, the feudal lord, she gets the court order to pardon Count Gio and absolve him of all guilt pertaining to the tax man's murder. (laughs) She's not happy about this. So she's annoyed, and she's just like, the cute-ass fuckboy next door, like, now I gotta absolve him of his guilt, I know he probably killed this man, like, I hate him. So in in the process of her, you know, um, absolving him and, you know, pardoning him, they have to have an exchange, right? Gio and Mariana are having dialogue with each other. And this dialogue leads to Gio naturally flirting with her. And Mariana at first is just like, bitch, please, like, bye. And then he starts writing her letters. And they're super flirtatious. And you have to keep in mind, she's, like, never had the attention of any man so she's, you know, hates it, hates it, and like is hating on him, and like is super resistant at first. But she slowly begins to let her guard down, and he's sending her these love letters via a rope that went to his mansion window, and she begins to fall for him. Now, this whole you already know nuns are not supposed to be fucking nobody. So she had friends, like a couple nuns, and the priest who was also friends with Geo who helped her and Gio, you know, build this relationship that they were building uh, with these letters and stuff. So Count Gio, he finds a local blacksmith who was also his homeboy, and he pays this man to give him a copy of the keys to the convent. And with the help of the priest, who was also in on it and is also on Giovanni's payroll, um, and um, Mariana's two homegirls, two of the other nuns, They help Count Gio and Mariana set up these, like, secret sneaky link meetups. So we have Count Gio and Sister Mariana. They are hooking up on the regular. Well, in 1602, when Mariana was 27 years old, 
She fucks around and she gets pregnant with his child. Now, with the help of her homegirls, she successfully hides this pregnancy, but her son, the baby, was stillborn, which is fucked up. Well, obviously, Mariana went off the deep end after this, like rightfully so. And she is just racked with guilt. And she's just like, I cannot believe like I'm having sex, you know, premarital sex. And like, I can't believe I'm falling for this man when I, you know, promised my life to God. Like, what the fuck am I doing? So she is just trying to like, she just feels horrible. She's like, I got to get rid of this guy. She wants to pray away this dick, dictima, dickma, dickmatization. She's like dickmatized. She's trying to pray away the dictum, dickmatization. I hate that word now. She's trying to pray it away. She does not want to want him. She does not want to like have this strong desire that she has for this man. So in an extreme, when I say extreme, I mean extreme attempt to get rid of any feelings towards him. My God, it's a lot. Uh, this bitch figures out a way to break into his house. She probably didn't have to break. I bet she had a key. And I don't know how bodily waste was disposed of then because this is like before plumbing. This is before antibiotics. Like this is very throwback. She finds a way to get access to his, his feces, to his shit, to his poop. And she starts to eat it. And there's apparently a word for this, and it's called um, coprophagia, uh, which is very common in dogs, but less frequent, obviously frequently less, less often occurs in humans. Um, according to a study in sciencedaily.com, out of the 12 patients with coprophagia who were diagnosed at the Mayo Clinic from 1995 to 2015, half of them had dementia. So it's very much giving something people are doing when they're not in their right mind. So she's clearly not in her right mind, and she just wants to be disgusted by him. So she starts eating his poop. Well, spoiler alert, eating his shit did not work to keep her away from him, which, I mean, I don't know if I could ever... I mean, I think that would work for me. Like, if I ate somebody's shit, I would never be able to fuck them again. Like, are you kidding me? After you ate their poop, I would just... There would be no fucking way. Side note, y'all, eating toxic guy's poop will not keep you from texting him. If you're going to text him, you're going to do it. So just skip the poop eating and just send him like that what's up, like are you up text. Just do it. Well, anyways, she starts hooking up with um, Count Geo again. And I, I have no idea how she got his poop or, you know, if he knew that she'd been eating his poop. I don't know. But they got back together within a few months. And two years later, um, she's pregnant again. This time, she gives birth to a baby girl who she names Alma Francesca. So, because all this happens in secret, the priests and the nuns who are in on this shit, they help smuggle this baby out of the monastery and into Count Gio's mansion, where he discreetly finds a wet nurse to take care of the baby. Well, when the baby Alma, when she was about two years old, Count Gio took the baby and the wet nurse on a trip to Milan, and he got the baby baptized, and he legally adopted her as his child, making this baby the sole heir to his fortune, which is very admirable. Like, I mean, Count Gio might have been a lot of things, but a deadbeat dad was not one of them. So, I mean, just let's celebrate that. Look at how great that is. So, once Gio and baby Alma are back at his mansion, he is, like, sneaking Mariana Mariana in, like, every two days to see and low-key help raise their daughter. So, she's getting to spend time with her daughter, um, which is cool, you know? Everybody that's in on this, they're, at least this baby is getting the attention it deserves from both parents, which is very cool. Well, 
obviously the streets start talking because they're like, how the fuck does this single guy all of a sudden have a fucking baby? But then this nun is always popping over to see him. Uh-uh. So people start, start talking. Well, in 1606, which is literally um, just a few years later, um, or actually maybe the next year, I think, one of the nuns, a hating-ass bitch named Katerina, who lived in the monastery, she tried to extort Count Gio, and she's like, listen, if you don't run them bands up and pay me, I'm going to tell everybody about your scandalous secret-ass life and this love child and all the shit that you and Mariana got going on. So reluctantly, he pays her, but she keeps coming back and demanding more. She's like, okay, and, like, um, I, I'm here, and I'm about to extort, I'm extorting you, like, give me more money. So eventually, he's just like, hell to the motherfucking no. So one day, Gio, he got pushed past the point of no return, because he was like, nah, I'm not gonna have this bitch trying me and threatening me in my own house, because she would go over to his house and, like, threaten him, Katerina would, so... One day, Katerina is at Count Gio's mansion, threatening him, trying to run him down for his money, shake him down, whatever they call it. And he just got fed up. And he hit her in the back of the head repeatedly with some sort of blunt object and killed her. Well, Mariana, obviously, she was, you know, an accomplice here because she was just like, okay, thank God this bitch is dead. So Mariana and two of her, her two homegirl nuns, they help her and Gio dispose of the body. So they allegedly cut the head off and put her body in a well. There's another version of this where they buried the body in his backyard. There's another version I heard where they fed her body to pigs, which apparently pigs eat dead body. I don't know. I just can't. Either way, they killed this bitch and they got rid of the body. Well, because they were thorough as fuck and they were, you know, had their shit together, this group decided to make it look like the nun Katerina had run away which apparently that was pretty common with these young nuns around that time because most of them were, like, forced into these monasteries or, like, sent there by their families. So the hoes didn't want to be there. They were like, girl, I want to be here. So they, they made it look like Katerina had run away. They even went so far as to, like, dig a hole in the, her wall, like, in her room to make it look like she literally escaped that way. So, I mean, everything seemed to be pretty good. So they, they dispose of this body, and before they even have their shovels put away, Mariano and Gio, they threaten the two nuns and are like, if y'all bitches fucking speak, if y'all tell anybody any of this shit, we're going to kill you. Like, you're going to end up just like her. Stitches get snitches. Or wait, snitches get stitches? Yeah, that's how it goes. Snitches get stitches. Um, y'all run your mouth, bitch. Y'all going to be in the fucking well or in the pig or wherever the fuck with this bitch. Well, in the days and weeks that follow this murder, um... Count Gio gets super fucking paranoid. And this is, this is when he starts to just fucking unravel. Like, he is just, like, not well. So he gets scared that one of his accomplices are going to snitch. And he's just like, you know, I've involved too many people in this whole, you know, helping me see her, you know, helping out with the baby. Like, there's just too many people that know too much. So he's just like, nah, we got to change this shit. So, the first thing he does is he kills the blacksmith who cut the keys for him to get into the monastery. He kills an apothecary who made a potion to help Mariana abort one of their babies in the past. And he attempts to kill Mariana's two uh, nun homegirls. Yeah, he tries to kill them too. He, like, lures them out into the woods, and then he beats the shit out of them, and then throws them in the river. But, spoiler alert, they fucking survived. So now... 
because he tried to kill them. Now they're going to snitch. I, I guarantee you, I feel like they were ride or die. Like, they've been there for this whole thing since y'all were just writing letters on the rope. And I feel like they were never going to fucking snitch. But, bitch, you try to kill me. You try to you tell me, don't snitch or I'll kill you. And I keep my mouth quiet and you try to kill me anyway. Bitch, best believe I am fucking going to sing like a fucking American Idol contestant, bitch. I am going to sing down. I'm going to tell everybody every motherfucking thing. If you're going to kill me anyway, what's the fucking point? Well, anyways, he tried to kill these hoes and then they survived and they snitched and they testified against him and went to the police and they told them everything. So in 1607, they arrest Count Gio and they charge him with the murder of Sister Katerina, the fucking, what was her name? Extortion bitch. Um, the murder of the apothecary and the attempted murder of the two nuns. So he is just stacking charges over here. Well, he gets arrested. Like I said, they're holding him in a jail. Tell me why he fucking escapes. I feel like he paid somebody to like help him get out. He gets away and just escapes. So the police gave him a death, sen- death sentence in absentia, uh, which means basically they're going to kill him on sight. Like, as soon as they see you, we going to kill you. It's a, it's a fucking wrap. It's a snack wrap on you. It's done. So, But anyways, he got away. So um, they also um, arrested the priest who helped facilitate Mariano and Mariana and Gio's sneaky leak situation, uh, which spanned over 10 years, by the way, which is kind of crazy. It was a 10-year-long affair, 10 years and a baby, like, doing the most. Well, they arrest that priest, and they torture him until he fucking starts spilling beans, too, to corroborate the story of the two nuns. Well, unfortunately, you know what this means, y'all. Our girl Mariana is not in the fucking clear. Like, the water is not running clear for her, y'all. Like, she is not safe. It ain't safe. It ain't safe, y'all. It's not safe. So at the same time, she gets arrested, and she is sentenced to life in prison at the age of 33 years old. Now, she maintained her innocence and said that an evil force, like evil forces made her do it, and they made her, you know, these demons or whatever, made her attracted to this fuckboy and made her, you know, help him murder these people. I'm like, girl, it's not called a demon. It's called dick, and that's what happened. You got digmatized, and you did some crazy shit. But anyways... Uh, she gets this crazy sentence and she's just like, y'all like, please, I'm innocent. Like it was just, you know, the devil, he made me do it. And they're like, bitch, please bye. anyways. So they send her to jail and she goes to prison. Now, while all this is going on, no one had heard from Gio. Like he's on the run, on the run tour. Um, nobody knows where he's at. Well, no one heard from him, from him until he wrote a letter to the court blaming the whole fiasco on the two nuns and saying that Mariana was completely innocent and they needed, they needed to let her go. Well, obviously, this didn't do shit. Like, they didn't give a fuck. They're like, bro, we want you dead. Like, the fuck? So they put Mariana, they sentence her, and they put her in a brick a bricked-up cell. Like, it's not bars. It's bricks, y'all. And by bricks, I don't mean, like, young Jeezy, like, drugs. No, I mean actual red fucking bricks they put her in a bricked up cell that was the size of a closet it was about four feet by nine feet and they had her sleeping on a tiny straw pallet and she would the only light she would get is through a little hole in the the wall where they would shove her food through and i guess she just like would shit in a corner i don't even know what what the fuck she did but she lived like this in a four foot by nine closet brick fucking brick house um 
uh, brick room, rather, sorry, for 14 years, y'all, 14 years in a four foot by nine foot closet cell with no light for 14 years. Well, um, once both parents, you know, when daddy was on the run and mama went to jail, baby Alma was sent to live with Gio's rich ass mother and was raised by their wealthy ass family in Milan. So she was good. Well, uh, while baby daddy Gio, you know, while he might have might have avoided the death penalty from the court, he unfortunately could not outrun karma and could not avoid it altogether. He could not avoid the death sentence altogether, rather. Um, that's right, y'all. His homeboy ended up killing him, chopped his head off, and took his severed head to the governor to collect a reward. Bruh, your own, it be your own people. Your, it really be your own friends who killed him and uh, got the reward money. Well, in 1622, when Mariana was 47 years old, the cardinal granted her forgiveness and um, said, release this bitch. You know, like, she has done her penance or whatever the fuck. Like, it's time for her to go. But tell me why she refused to leave. Yeah, she wanted to stay in the cell by her own choice. Now, the only thing that she asked was that they take the door off. And she just lived there. Like, she would go out and, like, see people and, you know, do things in the community and, like, talk to other nuns about, you know, like, it was basically their, she was, like, the prime example of their, like, scared straight program. Like, bitch, you don't want to be like her. It was very much, I was waiting on you at the door. Like, she was there to scare people and be like, listen, I'm a cautionary tale of what not to do. Bitch, let me pray with you. Don't get digmatized. And then she would go back to the cell. And she stayed there and lived in that cell voluntarily until she died at the age of 75 years old. Fucking wild. Now, her life inspired one of the characters in Alessandro uh, Manzoni's novel, The Betrothed, and there have been at least five films made about her from 1962 to 2004, which, y'all, it's just, she needs, run her her royalties, y'all. Run her her royalties. But yeah, it's just very... It's just very shitty, and it sucks, because, I mean, her early life was just fucked from jump. Her, fuck her dad. Fuck Jamie Spears. He fucking had her in a goddamn conservatorship and in a fucking monastery, spending her fucking money. I mean, she could have been out there, like, married, which, I mean, maybe she would have found a good husband. You never know. Married and, like, living with her millions of dollars as a fucking noblewoman, but instead she was a nun. And... People have desires. People want love. People want affection. People want sex. You know, that's what she, all she wanted, and she found it, but she wasn't supposed to have it. And so, out of desperation, and a unstable ass baby daddy, which I feel like is the start of so many women's, you know, demise. Is it all starts with a fucked up man who probably needed therapy. Um, she ended up in this fucked up position and spent four year, four year, excuse me, fourteen years in a goddamn walk-in closet, which is just a lot. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to today's show. Um, I'm so happy I was able to finally get this episode out. Like, I have had this story bookmarked for literally nine months. Um, but yeah, guys, the nun of Monza, um, Mariana, R.I.P., bitch, R.I.P. And Gio, I feel like Gio, like, I won't say he's misunderstood, but I feel like, I feel like with the circumstance, different circumstances, him and Mariana could have had a very happy life, but 
unfortunately, that's not how things went. And uh, either way, they had a better life than the fucking slaves that were all being shipped in to fucking Europe uh, at that time. So first world problem. But anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate you for listening to the show. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts. See, I said it right instead of calling it iTunes this time. Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you are subscribed on Spotify. On Spotify, you can answer questions and interact with the little Q&A there. Also, Instagram, at bitchicantpod. That's bitchicantpod. Pod. Make sure you are following, following me on there. Um, you can also follow at bitchicantpod on TikTok. Um, on Instagram, I post little behind-the-scenes pictures, um, little snippets, little uh, just little tings. You know, I'll be posting tings, you know, to kind of get you more uh, involved with the show. Also, my DMs are open for inquiries about episodes, guys. If you have episode ideas, make sure you let me know what the fuck you, you want to hear on the show. I'll decide if it's not too fucked up for me to read. Um, I just recently got a um, two requests from listeners, which I'm so excited by. I love when you guys interact with me and give me suggestions. It just makes my whole life complete, and I just love that you guys are listening and engaging. Um, if you can, please leave me a review. Um, that would change my life if you can leave me a review on um, Apple Podcasts, uh, rate and review the show. That would be fantastic. But yeah, guys, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Coming back from a holiday is always rough, but we only have a few more weeks until we're gearing up for Christmas. If you celebrate that, I'm going to shut the fuck up. Thank you guys for tuning in and have a good day. Bye.